morning, um, everyone, and welcome to Start the Week with Lorna and Lottie. Do I need to remind you, it is the place where we talk all things culture, communications, change and coaching um, with me, Lottie, and um, over there, Miss Lorna Leeson. How are you today? <laughs> I'm all right, thanks, darling. I'm all right. I have had an earworm in my ear all day, thanks to your choice of topic for today's pod and that earworm is the 2003 house music classic snap you've got the power yeah are you feeling the power this morning i'm feeling the power of caffeine is that what i'm feeling is that what this is <laughs> possibly or maybe it's just the power of staring at my face i love as Rush Who's that? Style. Jennifer Rush. Jennifer Rush. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, hang on. That's Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Her love is a curious thing. And also, Huey Lewis in the news. Huey Lewis in the news. I am your lady. That's, That's Jennifer. 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 That's Kate Bush. No, it's not. Isn't it? It's Jennifer Rush. Jennifer Rush. Rush Bush. Oh my God, we've turned this into we've turned this into a pop quiz. I'm the worst as somebody oh, who... Do you like a pub quiz? Oh, I blinking love a pub quiz. Love a Yeah, pub what's quiz. your pub quiz name? <laughs> no fucking idea. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No fucking idea. Norfolk and yes, exactly. That. Whereas that's a classic pub quiz name. Shall we bring it back on points? I'm sorry, because actually, yeah, what we want to talk about today um, <laughs> is... And what we've been riffing on all weekend, and I've become, I've gone down a massive rabbit hole on this this weekend, Lorna. Um, and yeah, I mean, there is so much to unpack. So essentially, we're going to be grappling with the gigantic topic of power dynamics. And why are we doing this? It's well, it's blinking huge. Why are we doing this? Um, very randomly it's a tangent that led us here but we'll explain the tangent we'll try uh friday morning i was woken up by a whatsapp message from a friend of mine with um contacts in the media with a google file on it yeah. and the um whatsapp message said one for the podcast question mark and when i opened it i realized that what i was in possession with is the infamous um christian horner files um that are doing the rounds on the media yeah, the alleged, the, the, the alleged, can we just... Well, whether they're actually him, him or not, but it's that's... Not really, it's really beside the point, isn't it? It's beside the point. However, you and I had a conversation about this. And can you believe this is what I've woken up to? I hadn't had enough caffeine to view what I what I saw. But what was really going on and what we come back to time and time again when we're talking about some of these big scandals or um... issues in organisations is actually what sits underneath it all is power. power. And we said it, we said it in our um, sexual harassment episode a few weeks ago. Yeah. Is it not about sex? It's about power. About power. And we realised, didn't we, that so many of our podcasts underpinning the topics that we're discussing is power and power dynamics. It sits underneath everything. It's yeah. appeal all the time, and of course it is because we're we're mammals, and that's what mammals in a social structure do that's how we vibe so yeah exactly and so we just thought that kind of we're not going to we're not going to dwell on any of the kind of um rumors surrounding that particular um 
case right now. But actually, for, for us, more interestingly, it just has allowed us to really chew the fat on power, power dynamics, particularly within workplaces. Um, mm. And I think well, let's just start off by let's just define what we mean by power dynamics. So essentially within a workplace, in fact, professionally and personally, power dynamics are the balance or the lack of balance between two or more people. And power dictates the structure of all of our professional and personal relationships. So, you know, in the workplace, there are often clear power dynamics with hierarchy, um, the most dominant of all of those. Managers have more power than the teams they lead, whilst the company's CEO has more power than any other employee. And conflicts can arise when there's a power struggle, when an employee may not know how to appropriately wield their power, or when an employee feels demoralised by their lack of power. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think um, some of the experts around this kind of categorise um, organisational power dynamics in, in, in into three main categories, and then there's yeah. some kind of subcategories that I'll go into like here comes the science part um so they talk about formal authority which is the hierarchy that you just talked about they talk about expert power which can, may or may not be linked to the for, the formal authority so those people who wield a, a certain amount of expertise I used to work in a business where the person who headed up the engineering department who knew stuff that nobody else knew how to do in the business had an inordinate amount of power um, no hierarchical power and no charisma which is the third power but heck did that person have a lot of Info well that, that that whole cliche of information is power right knowledge is power information, information is power. power knowledge is power yeah so that expertise gives you that and then the third is charisma so that idea of likability and that is based on the idea that one of the things that also gives you power is having what the site the social scientists call a constituency so a power base in, in in politics followers in in business you know you're not a leader unless you've got followers um and then of course the idea that having a hierarchy in particular in that kind of pyramid hierarchy in traditional businesses the higher you get up that hierarchy the more competition there is for power and the more scarcity there is of that so things like resources budget scarcity of resources all of those things come out of the woodwork to create a, an impact power dynamics yeah, um, and some people might exhibit all three power dynamics at once, or some mind, yeah. some may come into play more often than others, depending on the individual, the personality, the situation, and their hierarchy within the organisation. Hundred, I mean, it's a it is a rare person, but maybe Winston Churchill might be an example. Formal power, charismatic power, expertise in terms of knowledge. Barack Obama is probably a great example of when all three come I was together. Just him but I don't know what his expertise power was and actually he he didn't have it he was very inexperienced politically oh interesting charisma and um and formal power which he gained through the charisma and he also what he did brilliantly was he built that con constituency he built a followership through that charisma which gave him the form power and what you often see is people who are really great at power dynamics use those base those different tactics to gather as many of those different types of power as they can so you're looking to gather as much you know you're a followership you're looking for formal power you typically would have charisma even if you haven't got expertise but maybe let's take boris johnson uses a lot of very flowery language and um kind of throws around his knowledge of um latin and history quite a lot which sort of then imbues him with this era of expertise is the aura of expertise an era of expertise he's not in his expertise era anymore let me tell you um right 
Yeah, but I think he's all he I think he's interesting because he uses his language to confer authority and power anyway. The way the way he speaks, the way he obfuscates through his language, he actually does on purpose to to power play. But I think it's a power play based partly on charisma and partly on seeming as if he's got expertise if you take those kind of power elements, right? Those that's that's what his language does. Is it makes him look as if he's got a certain level of expertise mm. and it gives him a certain level of kind of charisma if you like the other thing that gives him the charisma and the likability to certain people is kind of this sort of bumbling you know everyman type thing so can we stop talking about boris johnson yeah that's making me itch (laughs) (laughs) i'm breaking out in hives right Uh, yeah i do do not like let's anyway all of this matters bringing it back to kind of a more of a workplace um situation is because power dynamics underpin everything in the workplace and we've already touched on before kind of the dominant power structure is hierarchy but actually intrinsically linked to that is gender power dynamics as well you know and as as we well know kind of you know from having experienced lots of different organizations it's we still know that power is largely concentrated at the top by men um yeah yeah and it's this interplay of those two things, the complexity of those two things linked together. So the fact that statistically you are more likely to have power in an organisation if you are male, because it is more likely that you're in the senior positions, mm. because that's just what the statistics and the, and the data says, which means that therefore that gender power play comes out, which is the it's the murky waters that the F1 Red Bull scandal is 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 leading straying into it's not just just about was this a consensual relationship was there anything going on what's all the scandal around that what it's actually about is the imbalance of power between a senior man and a woman who was less senior and what that really means yeah yeah because of course because whether we like it or not clerical positions are still largely held by women and senior leadership positions are still largely held by men we know that yeah we know, and, yeah. and, 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 even, and even as a, a senior women in business as we are, you know, and I've told this anecdote before, but I'm going to tell it again because it's really relevant to talking about power, power dynamics. And I talk about the democratisation of the boardroom when we switched to virtual meetings in lockdown mm-hmm. and after lockdown, when we started having team meetings and suddenly we were all just boiled down to identical rectangles. When I walked in the room, no one was judging me, inverted commas, for kind of what I looked like or what I was wearing there was no deference to the senior leader the man sitting at the top of the boardroom table um, asserting his bigness asserting his authority we all turned towards him and suddenly I felt I had the power Mm. in those online meetings and I'd come off the meetings and I'd just think why does every why was everyone listening to me more than I ever felt that I was able to break through the power dynamics in the boardroom to get people to listen to me and I realized it's because it had been democratized um yeah yeah I I love it when you tell that story I think one of the interesting things about that is um a lady called Amy Cuddy did some research into the physicality of power she did the research into um what's called power posing and she found that when we feel powerful our testosterone rises and our cortisol is is lower well, you think about one of the things that was taken out of the out, literally out of the room in a virtual meeting is you cannot do that. Make yourself physically. You can't big. make yourself big. 
you can't make yourself big. You can't be a big physical presence. Your physical presence is, is reduced to exactly what it is in that square, same as everybody else. So that kind of physicality is taken out of it. And if you think about this in reverse, which I think is interesting and sort of is taking us into the realms of talking about another power play going on in organisations, is what people are noticing people are doing in that physical space to use the power that they've got. People are turning their cameras off if they don't want to be on camera there um you know that's a power move yeah that's a power move yeah. on behalf of somebody who's opting out of this conversation and it's i hear that frustration from leaders all the time how do i get them to turn their chuffing camera on and yeah that's yeah it's power play but I think that leads to a really interesting point about the shifting dynamics of power and the destabilizing yeah. of these typical stereotypical power structures that have existed in organizations forever. There are subtle nuances in shifts of power going on. Gen Z. I keep getting Gen X and Gen Z confused. I must I must have a very large Z put on my forehead that I can look at when I do team <laughs> meetings. Gen Z, that that this why this is why I think the board are scratching their heads. One of the reasons they're scratching their heads, right? Because Gen Z are starting to take the power back in subtle little ways. They're the masters of content. They're content creators, right? They're making TikToks about what it's like to work, how they want people to respect their work-life balance, right? They don't they don't have the same investment in their careers that we certainly had. They don't feel grateful. To have been oh. given, I remember when I worked for a massive ad agency and they wanted to shift me onto their flagship account and I wanted to leave, right? And the account director literally said people had bite their arms off to bite their hands off to be in that position, right? We were yeah. supposed to feel so goddamn grateful. And actually Jen, Jen said don't, they don't, they don't feel grateful. And you know what? If they're unhappy, they won't vote with their feet. If they're unhappy, they'll leave you a shit review on Glassdoor. <laughs> yeah. One hundred percent I think um what you're seeing there is something that is something to be really cognizant of in power play and it's something that also to a certain degree is played out in the um the uh, Red Bull scandal is people have different power sources mm -hmm. so yes formal authority expertise like ability might be that but access to information or the ability to disseminate information or control information mm -hmm. Um, is is a source of power for Generation Z. And the other source of power that they have is they have the power of the youth in that they've got nothing to lose. lose. They've got less far to fall. Mm -hmm. So they are not in a generation where um, they're thinking, I need to keep this job so I can get a mortgage and have a pension because all of those things are sort of off the table for them. So they've got nothing to lose. It makes them dangerous. Yeah, and it makes um, them powerful. It shifts, and, it shifts the power balance. Totally, it shifts the power balance. And you see that sort of playing out in lots of different different ways so it's not just those kind of formal expertise charisma led pieces that are coming out but gen z can build a constituency like nobody else gen z can share information like nobody else and those things create power absolutely and they collect followers on tiktok and before you know it they've got a they've, they've got a base which far out exceeds exceeds how many people work in their organization right they can amp they can amplify their voice for good or for bad so, you know the whole the whole idea of social media giving more power to the hitherto powerless people as well i mean just look at what happened with um brewdog for example yeah Brewdog's employees were disgruntled. They they wrote an open letter. The first thing they did was to publish it on Twitter. Yeah, 
millions of people suddenly getting a glimpse into what was going on in that culture. Yeah, and arguably it's exactly what the unnamed employee at Red Bull um, seem, appears to have done. Whether or not that information is validated, what she's done is taken information that she's had, used the sort the, the contacts that she has, and therefore created another disruption in the power balance that's playing yeah. out in the press at the moment. So yeah, those those sands are shifting and they're shifting in lots of ways. So you've got lots of social movements that are creating some shifting power balances, leveraging this generational shift, this access to information. You've talked about Glassdoor, you've talked about TikTok, but you know what? This stuff is nothing new. Unions were a way of workers at the bottom of the hierarchy leveraging the only power that they had, which was the power to withdraw their labour. That's this stuff is not new. It's as no, but as what we've got now is what, we've got the ability to amplify it and bring it to an audience of millions in a way that we well, never had. What before. you've got, and if you look at the junior doctors, they've done this brilliantly. So they've leveraged the ability to withdraw their labour with their expertise power and their constituency power, which is the ability to build a base of sympathy. So they've then created an extra layer layer of power that they may not have had, um, you know, a few years ago. So it, all of those things are coming into play. What does it mean? What do we do about it, Lottie? Well, exactly, you know, and I, and I think it's, you know, something that we need as as you and me to keep reminding our clients when we're when we're in meetings, when we're doing our executive work, when we're working with the leaders, you know, what are some things that they can begin to do? I think, you know, setting clear boundaries mm. is a really important way that you can get your rules of engagement for power set upfront um, when you're embarking on a new project or organizing a new team or when there's a clear balance of power or an imbalance of power from a seniority perspective um, make sure everyone understands exactly what their roles are and what the rules of engagement when it comes to um, the power dynamic you know clarifying power from the start of a professional relationship can help all parties feel much more comfortable with their roles and less concerned with battling for power or power imbalances i think you know i would agree i would also simplify that right down to if you know that you hold the power in one of those areas just be really mindful of it and know that you are then going to have to be the person who sets the boundary with those who are powerless. They are unable to. So you have to take that responsibility for creating, recognising and creating that boundary around that around the. Power yeah, I mean, I think I think that's one. Of, I think that's one of the key takeaways in general. It's kind of just, you know, being aware of your power. If you have power, power comes with 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 responsibility. Um, focus on the goal. You know, make sure everyone in the team knows that they're what they're working towards. And, you know, you were saying earlier, boardroom power plays get in the way of achieving your organisational goals. Yeah. I mean, C-suite, senior teams, boardrooms are kind of they're they're more at risk of this of power undermining the organisational goals because all of those elements that we've talked about that create power dynamics are in play in, in a senior team. Consciously and unconsciously every consciously single day. All the time. But you've got all of them. You've got, you know, expertise, you've got formal power, you've got charisma, you've got scarcity of resources, you've got scarcity and hierarchy. All of those things kind of play out. So it's not uncommon to have um, dysfunctions in a senior team. It's really actually incredibly common. And what I think really good leaders do is they focus everyone's attention on the fact that the competition is on the outside. The competition is not between ourselves. We only win if we recognise 
that we all hold power in different ways. It's shifting all the time, but our competition is outside this this room. Yeah, and to, and and to be cognizant of the fact that you use you understand your power and use it to the best of its ability. You know, your power becomes a superpower. I'm just remembering the work that we've Why done we've to... done with a client talking about identifying their, you know, their superpower and their kryptonite, making them aware actually of what their positive powers are within that complex senior team dynamic to say how yeah. can you best yeah. use your power for good, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I think completely use your power for good. Make sure that actually you name it. I so you know, address the power dynamics. Um, set norms for how they're going to be navigated, how people speak and respond to each other and, and model that, particularly if you know that you've got a lot of power and you want to hear from people who haven't got much power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I talk about the fact that um, lang language, organisational, cultural vernacular and acronyms are a really good way of actually managing to make people feel very excluded and shifting the balance of power from one one group to another. It's really subtle things like make sure that when you're working in a team dynamic that actually everyone understands the organisational acronyms. Well, and we, well, I've seen this a lot in organisations um, in previous lives trying to work through big change projects coming yeah. in afresh. And it's mm -hmm. the role very often of somebody who's responsible for change to ask the stupid questions because you're trying to bridge the gap between the people who know and, are, uh, and can make making things happen and the people who are impacted by the change. And one of the things I very often say is, if your grandma wouldn't understand it, don't say it. Make it as simple as possible. And that's not because the people you're talking to are stupid. It's because that's a power play. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the the the, um, the the link between language and power is really well documented yeah. and organisations, leaders, not even leaders, people, people use people use language as weapons and they use language um, as yeah. power tools. Yeah labels labeling people I think you what I see as a power to what's something that creates an awful lot of power is when you label people as things that aren't human users um stakeholders yes. um you know the the business oh, the, that's it jar it, jargon jar jargon essentially jargon. you know we we put that in the bin at the beginning of um this year anyway didn't we Lorna so beginning of this year was there a beginning to this year <laughs> it's been about 96,000 months already <laughs> Poor weary us. Um, there's also the whole kind of sense of employee voice not just being lip service, right? About employee voice genuinely being part and parcel of how your organisational culture is yeah. organised. You know, encouraging and nurturing networks across the organisation, making sure you've got really great feedback mechanisms, making sure you've got an open door policy, making sure you've got an approachable leadership that people can come to. And, yeah, and yeah, I would, I would jump on that last point in particular. So mm. having employee voice without genuine listening on behalf of leadership, which it's all very well having people shout into a void, but you have to show that you're genuinely listening and build that listening kind of humility into your leadership style. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think that leads nicely on to. I was just about to say that. You talk about. Well, go ahead and say it then. I don't want to steal your thunder. You say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and our, our great our great mind thinking alike this the whole idea of of organizational culture you know the famous John Amici quote culture is the worst behavior a leader is willing to tolerate you know yeah. what did you say about the asshole what's your quote about the high, the high performing, performing asshole 
Exactly. We all know in our high performing household, and as Simon Sinek would know, if you don't know who the high performing household is in the team, it's probably you. Exactly. And so it's about modelling. It's about leadership modelling the behaviour that they want to see right across the organisation. Yeah. In the yes. in in the first instance, you know, making sure that you've got a clear framework of organisational behaviours that align to your values, that give people both the autonomy to act within that framework, but also allow people to hold other people to account. So demonstrating that the leadership holds itself to account for living and leading that culture. Yeah. Yeah. Which means that you have to tackle your high performing assholes. You have to know that's what this is. Well, because is. they because they end up holding an enormous amount of power, those high performing assholes within the organization. They end up holding the power and they end up creating such a corrosive, toxic culture within organizations where people just see bad behavior being rewarded and the bad behaving assholes getting more and more power. Yeah, I mean, so it, it does a number of things. It, it grows, it kind of it, it creates an, uh, it creates more of that bad behavior because people see it not being addressed. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it corrodes trust because p- people think that stuff you've put on the walls is not what Bob's doing over there. That's exactly. what I see happening. Yeah. So yeah. it's all very well going, Bob's a high performer, but it's just Bob being Bob. Um, trying really hard not to say it's Christian being Christian or whatever. But, you know, Quite. that's what they've got in this instance is somebody who's a very high performer who appears to be based on the coverage, not behaving in the ways that align to what this industry is seeking to well to exactly you know, and it becomes even more ironic knowing that you know in 2020 f1 launched their hashtag we races one as an initiative to try and promote a culture an organization that's full of diversity inclusion um trying to dismantle those very ingrained um classic yeah. power dynamics within motorsport and the automotive industry actually as a whole and 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 still we've got organizations where the say do gap is just too big yeah and it's a great example of just having it as a hashtag it's Why? not absolutely it's not <laughs> that's not that's not tick enough. um because there will be huge huge gulf between you and your hashtag um as an industry and actually having a hashtag it's they they need to make this shift. F1 need to make this shift for purely commercial reasons. Their um, constituency, talking about where their power comes from as an industry, is dwindling. They need a new constituency. They need new followers. They need new new people coming into the sport. Though those people are going to come from either women and minorities or from the new generations. Absolutely, through. you know, my, my Most new generations demand a different kind of. My daughter, my daughter's a really great example of that. My twenty year old, my eldest, Mia massive massive f1 fan super yeah. disappointed with the say do gap right now really disappointed yeah. with it right and they're going to end up you're right com- commercially it's this is going to become a bit of a ticking time bomb for them yeah and they know that which is why they launched we race as one yeah. um but you cannot have this commitment to edni without doing the work on the power structures that support or um or don't yeah exactly so I I think kind of just in summary what we're going to say to leaders is you know be aware of and check not just your own power but those formal Mm -hmm. and informal power structures that exemplify your organizational culture you know if you've got if you've got power which clearly you have power if you're leading an organization and make sure that you balance it with compassion 
make sure you balance it by creating a culture of psychological safety, of, of openness, of transparency. Yeah. Yeah. And is, is this the moment that I can shoehorn my favourite quote in? Yes, please. Dadla da drum roll, please. Lawless oh God, we've got to up now. Well, I say this to, I say this to be a good one, mate. a lot. I say this to coaches a lot, and I do love this quote. It is, with great power comes great responsibility. And Lorna Leeson, who said that? This wasn't scripted at all, was it? <laughs> Depends on whether you are highbrow or lowbrow, Lottie. Well, you darling, like you, you, do you know what? I'll make, I'll make you be the judge of that. You tell me who said it. And then... so, with great power comes great responsibility. The highbrow answer to who said that is Voltaire, darling. Yeah. And the lowbrow answer is um, Peter Parker's uncle in Spider-Man said, with great power comes great responsibility. And do you know what? It's blinking right. And if we ever go to a pub quiz and they ask that question, we now know the answer. Both of them. Yeah. Both of them. It will get double points. Yeah. <laughs> we should do a pub quiz. Love the pub quiz. We should do a pub quiz podcast. A podcast pub quiz. Yeah, let's noodle on that. That's I'm joking. That's a rubbish idea. I don't know where to go with that. Would it have a pop quiz round? Like we'd have a music round? Well, only so you could sing. I know what we should do. You sing You sing them and I try and guess them. <laughs> let's do it the other way around. You sing them and I'll try and guess them. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I was that would be impossible. That would be an impossible pub quiz. You would school you would school nil point for that, I'm afraid. <laughs> I can't believe you got my you got my Huey Lewis and the News reference at the beginning of this pod though. So yeah, I know my music, Lisa, and I might not be able to sing, but I definitely know my music. You do, whereas I get my Jennifer Rushes and my Kate Bushes all confuddled. Your rushes and your bushes, easy to do so easily easily done right right enough <laughs> enough my lovely my lovely powerful friend oh my goodness go well wield your power with great responsibility absolutely and compassion <laughs> as always indeed i will see you next monday i won't i'll see you in the week well i won't actually because i'm off to Rome. <laughs> off to Rome. i'm off to italy the seat the, the, the seat of great power the original seat. The original of seat of power, mate. Yeah. I will go and experience the original seat of power in Rome. Probably also experience um some Aperol spritz or something. Nice. Some Prosecco. And some carbonara. And that's it. Right. I'm I think this has been the longest I think this has been the longest ending we've ever put on a podcast. And I suspect that it might need an edit. Let's see. <laughs> We don't seem to ever edit, so anyway, bye! See you later. Bye-bye.